The Old Testament reading this Christmas morning is from Isaiah chapter 52, verses 7 through 10. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice, together they sing for joy, for eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Bring forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has barred his holy arm before the eyes of all nations, and the ends of all of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom all he, also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Or again, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Or the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the sun, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And you, you Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like a robe, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will have no end. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand now for the Alleluia in verse. Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. In the beginning was the Word, 
And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. For those of you that always wanted to have the amens back, there there was. Okay. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone, on this holy day, this day that we commemorate and memorize and, and rejoice in because Jesus was born in the flesh. And you know... That whole early section of John's gospel really puts a mystery right before us of the Word becoming flesh, and not only the Word becoming flesh, but then that flesh dwelling among us. You see how God is working in his majesty, in his power, in how his ways are not our ways, how he mysteriously has all this amazing power and authority that he's able to accomplish something that, well, let's make, it doesn't make sense to us. How can God, the infinite, become in a finite space? How can something eternal become temporal, as it were? How does that work? How can you have oil and vinegar together? It does not seem to mix or gel. But yet, in John's Gospel, it reminds us to go back to the beginning. In the beginning. And as we do in the first chapter of Genesis. Because God is, after all, uncreated, infinite, and eternal. He's always been, he always will be. He's without beginning or end. Okay, have any of us ever experienced something without beginning or end? I can't imagine. That blows my mind, just the fact that you know, we are so on a timeline of our conception, birth, life, death, and then eternity. 
But yet God had no beginning, but rather has always been. And you know, if it were any other way, then he really wouldn't be God. Everything else that is not God, whether visible or invisible, is part of his creation. As it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He made it out of nothing. He spoke all creation into being by his word. God said, let there be light. And lo and behold, there was what? Light. When God says it, it happens. When God speaks, everything happens just as he plans for it to be. And like in the book of Genesis, the Gospel of John starts before creation with the words, in the beginning, but offers this twist, as it were. In the beginning was the word. Prior to creation, there was nothing besides God. There was God's word. St. John puts it like this. The word was with God. And the word and God are here described as two distinct persons. Personal pronouns such as he and him and his must be used for the word. He is a divine being. In short, the word was God. He's uncreated, infinite, and eternal. And through this word, there was, in the beginning with God, all things made. He was an agent, the word was, by whom spoke the entire creation into being. Like a master workman. As it says in Proverbs 8.30, light and life have their beginning and source in him. The word was there when the sun came into being, and snow and evergreen trees and the real kind, and you know, reindeer and Adam too. He was there rejoicing in the inhabited world, delighting in the children of men. And it was very good, all that he had made. What wondrous words of life of vigor, of promise. But as we zoom through time, from the beginning to this moment, what you find is far different. There is now darkness, thick darkness, and deep gloom over the whole world. The world in which we live does not understand or even know of God. It's spiritually ignorant and blind. It can't recognize its master and its maker, even though his imprint is still evident in the beauty that is in creation. But yet, with a single word, John captures darkness. It describes creation's fall into sin, and then death, and then hell. The word darkness captures the confusion, the misunderstanding, and the futility around us, sometimes even in us. Darkness means that man can't find God. No matter how many times 
He bumps into the stuff that God made. Man is lost, disoriented, alienated, constantly inventing false gods and false worship to fill the void and the emptiness, all in service to the creation rather than the creator. You know, in this day and age, we cannot just say, Siri, where is God? Who is God? You can't say, Alexa, where is God? You see, the world cannot answer that question. But God reveals himself in his word. Where word is spoken, where word has power and authority and ability to bring into something something that wasn't there before. And we know that if the creation is to be redeemed, saved, or rescued from that darkness of sin, then God would have to make himself known, to point himself out, to reveal himself to us. But how in the world would he do that? God would come to a place where we are, how he would descend to earth to enter his creation so that we lost and condemned creatures might know him and have communion with him. You know, this is the great surprise and wondrous mystery of Christmas. God shows up in a place where we certainly didn't expect to find him. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. God the Word who was there in the beginning and participated in the creation of all things took on human nature like ours. The uncreated became a creature. The infinite became limited and bound. The eternal became subject to time. The Word became flesh. Jesus Christ, the true God and true man in one person, equal to the Father in accordance to his divinity, less than the Father in accordance with his humanity. Some of you might recognize that. Again, good old Athanasian Creed bumps into us. And so we see that the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us helps us because Jesus is indeed our Savior, our helper. He is the light who has come into the world, the light that shines in our darkness, drawing eyes to it. So can we recognize our maker now? Can we know our creator Do you see your salvation, people? You see, the glory of God is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. That baby in the manger, he is the light that has come. And he is that light that shines in a bed made in our hearts for us. You see, the one who formed man out of the dust has come now into the world with fingernails and eyebrows, kneecaps, 
all the things of flesh to reclaim his creation. He was born fully of a woman, Mary his mother. He knew the cold of this earth. And he also knew what it was like to be poor. He was before Abraham, even before Adam, and yet he can be found in Bethlehem as a tiny child. The one who made the forests and the mountains has come also with arms outstretched, outstretched to die for us on a hillside. You see, the creator of heaven and earth suffered and bled and died for his creation. That's the one in whom we live. We move and we have our being. And so may you and I today grasp the majesty, the mystery of God's working, of how he has shined light into our hearts, how he has given us a light that surpasses all human light. Last night at Christmas Eve, we used the little candles with a little bulb and a switch to help us remember that Jesus is the light of the world, that in the darkened sanctuary, there was still light. And you know, also, for you and I today, that light is there. And that light gives us life. It gives us warmth. It gives us health. And it will lead us to eternity. So may you and I keep our eyes on the light. May we stay focused and follow the path which God leads us. The amazing thing is, is that he loved us that much to become one of us so that he could lift us out of this darkness into his marvelous light. The word became flesh. He became like you and I. He could pinch his arm and say, ouch. That's the kind of God who loves us, who is willing to take on our frailty so that we can receive his infinite love, his promise of salvation, and his hope for the future that we would continue to stay and be with him forever and ever. And in that day, by the way, there won't be any crying, okay? There'll only be joy, and we can rejoice in that. So when the flesh takes on immortality, when the flesh, our flesh, takes on immortality, may we rejoice that God was willing to sacrifice as much as he did to have us join him in eternity. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Amen.